0: hey guys welcome back to just the good stuff this is your host rachel mansfield and we are back with another episode with myself and jordan i promise i have other friends but we have been tackling and opening up about some topics and conversations such as why i cut out alcohol and this week's episode all about getting pregnant with our third baby and how this pregnancy has been going so far. So, you know, these types of more personal episodes, I really love talking about them with Jordan because he's been by my side for all of this. But in today's episode, you're gonna hear the details of our fertility journey, conceiving baby number three, and what that was like for us. I'm answering a ton of questions from Instagram um, and listeners answering about things with the first trimester, and we're really into the second trimester because I'm already almost 21 weeks as I'm recording this intro. I believe when we were recording the episode a couple weeks ago, we were waiting for the NIPT results. So I'll just kind of give you an update in here because what I said isn't accurate. So turns out it was nine days after we did NIPT, my doctor's office starts calling me. And it was like 7.30 in the morning. I'm so excited. So I answer the phone and I'm anticipating to like, you know, hopefully hear that the baby looks great, like this is the sex and everything else that they share. And my doctor was actually on vacation. So who was covering for her called me and she's like, hi, Rachel, I have your NIPT results and I was about to put them in the online portal. Um, but before you see them, I just wanted to personally let you know that the results are inconclusive. So turns out, and after talking to four different healthcare professionals, I found this out, turns out the NIPT test that I did cannot be done if you have had a vanishing twin. Um, It says it on the brochure, so we weren't able to do that. I'm a little nervous still at this point. I'm hoping to do another test. We go for the anatomy scan this week, um, so I'm hoping to find more out uh, when we go there, but I'll keep you guys posted, but just a little like kind of footnote to the NIPT part of this episode. If you enjoy this episode or have any other questions or anything, please always feel free to DM me or message me on Instagram, send me an email, anything. And if you know someone who's trying to get pregnant or is going to be pregnant with their third or second or first and you think this episode could be helpful, definitely send it their way. And as always, if you have any requests, Or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, definitely let us know. And if you could rate and review, I feel like I just gave you a long list of things to do, but I promise like all those things are technically optional. We have a few amazing guests lined up for the next couple of weeks or a couple of months. So I'm really, really excited about those. I'm going to stop talking because you're going to hear enough of my voice momentarily, but I love you all and we'll be back soon. All right, we're back for round two, two weeks in a row. I
1: was going to say, hopefully no one gets tired of hearing my... Uh soothing voice
0: no like my most popular episodes are honestly the ones are the ones with you and i which i just find to be really funny so i here guess we people just
1: like me that's it rach
0: yeah they definitely like you when they can hear you talk
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, i've l- listened to some of the episodes you've done so i realized i have to get closer to the microphone and speak louder
0: why don't you just say that in life? Like as I'm on my way into the room, like do you need the laptop or the computer? And I asked you four times and you were like, I already answered. It's like, if I heard you, I wouldn't have kept asking. Yeah, but asking. our kids are
1: sleeping, so I'm not trying to scream. But They're not
0: sleeping. Today, Ezra's in the bath.
1: Today, Ezra, this morning was like, what daddy? I can't hear you. And I was mm-hmm. like, Welcome oh to boy. to my life, Ezra. Minnie Rachel's back.
0: <laughs> uh, he never left. What do you mean he's back? True. Yeah. No one can hear you. That's what Lisa and I always joke about that, too. What are you doing? Why did you do that like that? You look like you were going to pour the whole thing of spin drift out.
1: Don't be so concerned about what I'm doing. I'm not
0: concerned. I'm more just like, what are you doing? So this week in this episode, we're going to dive into a lot of pregnancy questions. I was shook with the amount of questions. This isn't even all of the ones that I had sorted through. Um... I'm really excited to like dive into this because I mean, there's only so much I like to share on Instagram. I think it's like, I'm really trying to streamline the type of content that's on there. Like food recipes, a few lifestyle things. And like, I recognize not everyone gives a shit about pregnancy and fertility stuff. So I think that the podcast plus my blog is like our great outlets in case anyone wants to know my creative um, brainstorming. So
1: it's also thing consolidated. into like one spot which is helpful
0: it's easier for people yeah and i yeah i just i like doing this and that's also this is easier to talk through instead of having 50 story frames so excuse me we were going to go through a little bit about the fertility journey how this pregnancy is going and then some general questions about having kids and i was going to do this one all by myself and then jordan said he would help me narrate it i think he just wanted an excuse to talk to me so
1: we did spend a little time apart yesterday. So I, I guess I just miss you.
0: It was two days in one week. I didn't have you with me like during the majority of the day. And I'm not going to lie, I felt really good.
1: I could disappear more often. It was great.
0: Yeah. Like go to a coffee shop. Seriously. It's great. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's actually a good
1: idea. Maybe I will do that.
0: Yeah. Like you can totally. All right. Okay, so
1: got the little message letters I- there. <laughs>
0: i did bedtime routine by myself i ate dinner with the kids like i was like this is great i can't like it just it was nice it's nice to have have the uh alone time and in space so with that being said so happy to have you sitting next to me today and i'm gonna let you take it from here and lead this convo all right go jord go
1: so these are all questions from yeah every single one okay Um, all right. So let's kick it off. Did you get pregnant naturally this time?
0: Technically, we'll never know, but I'm going to go with no. We did the same thing for this pregnancy that we did for Ezra and Brody, which is crazy when you think about it. Um, we went back to Dr. Foreman at Columbia University Fertility Center and we did Metapur injections and IUI. And if you want to know more about like when we got pregnant with Ezra and Brody, um, Dr. Foreman's also been on the podcast and I have a couple blog posts on it. But we tried a few things, but like during the point when we were wanted to get pregnant with Ezra, we tried a few different things and then found what worked for me and my body, which was Metapur injections. I don't ovulate on my own. I need like a little bit of a push from from the medication. And so we basically took that same process and then did it three times. So we did the same thing for Ezra, Brody, and this baby, which is unheard of. Dr. Foreman was like, please don't tell people that you got pregnant three times from this because it's that rare. Um, but I think it just shows like my body's very I'm a very consistent person and my body knows what it what it wants and what it needs. And I'm really, really thankful for that. So we didn't do IVF. We do menopure which we did 28 nights i believe it was of injections which was like a record i think for someone on menopure it was a very long time dr foreman was super cautious because he didn't want multiples lol and my so my follicles were going a lot slower and then we upped the dosage and you know eventually after almost a month of injections i was ready for iui so we did the it's like intrauterine insemination um jordan basically ejaculates into a cup they take that into a catheter and then they insert it into my uterus so and they swim around and hopefully find some of the uh find the egg so we did that and then so we did not get pregnant naturally i guess yeah the answer to that long long (laughs) long story long uh no we didn't
1: what about supplements? Do you take any uh, different supplements when you're trying to conceive?
0: No, I did take CoQ10 with Brody. And then I ordered it when like, the follicles weren't growing during the, at first. I ordered it again. And then the day that it, the CoQ10 arrived, my follicles started growing. But that was really the only supplements. Like I didn't even take a prenatal until I found out I was pregnant.
1: What about uh, fertility acupuncture?
0: No. I tried acupuncture with Ezra. I did not respond to it. I've done acupuncture for like stress and anxiety and I think that was really helpful for me. but um, I've never seen the benefits for fertility stuff. I tried to do it when Ezra was breached to get the baby to flip. nothing. So I just I'm'm I'm you know, I'm a very, very open-minded person. I love trying new things like woo-woo, regular like anything wasn't doing it again. It's too expensive.
1: Um, anything to promote implantation, like supplements or food or anything like like when the time came that that they that you were ovulating?
0: No, I prayed. The only thing like I'm saying that like half as a joke because I'm not like a religious person, but like I really did I didn't do much. I just like let my body do its thing and like let it take its course. My mom got me those that like charm, and that's like the only thing that like I had with me, which isn't a supplement or something that like someone could, you know, take it or ingest. Like my mom gave me these gem, a gem that said hope on it the first Mother's Day that like we were going through fertility treatment and like we weren't getting pregnant and then she gave me this gem that said hope on it and I'm not kidding you. I've had it at every single doctor's appointment since then like every single time you've gotten pregnant when I have that gem. So that's really my only thing.
1: And then why did you decide or why did we decide to keep it a secret about starting fertility treatment for baby number three?
0: Well, I'll give my answer. And then if you have like a different perspective, you can jump on in too. But. Okay. So the last two times, it was just like really anticlimactic. I feel like the first time it was exciting because we were the first time we were ever pregnant. But everyone was like expecting to hear from us. So we would go to the doctor and then we would have like a dozen people to call. Well, I would have a dozen people to call after every single doctor's appointment. And I'm so thankful. I have the best support system in the world. But like it was so much emotionally to go to the doctor, get not so good news and then like have to tell everyone. And then the times that we didn't get pregnant when we were trying, having to tell everyone that. And I just feel like for the third time, it would have been really cool to announce that we're pregnant and have people be completely surprised that we actually were pregnant, which mission accomplished because my mom actually thought that I <laughs> tested positive for COVID. I showed her, we should have released the video when this podcast comes out. I walked downstairs and like to tell my mom and dad that we were pregnant. And then I'm like showing her the test. And my mom, like I'm literally showing her a test that I peed on, like a pregnancy test. She's like, oh, you got COVID. And I was like no, I'm pregnant.
1: There was uh, on TikTok the other day. I saw a video of basically the same thing where
0: oh, I should share. a wife
1: or whoever a woman hands her significant other yeah a, a positive um, pregnancy test and he's like, why are you here? He's like, why would you like why would you expose me to this?
0: Oh my god! And she's
1: like, expose you to what? <laughs> like. That's amazing. I think I think the original video like had like 30 million views. This was like one of those like oh,
0: we have to share the one with my mom yeah. I don't know. I I should have saved
1: it because I I didn't even think about until you just said that story.
0: Yeah, we definitely need to share that. It was really funny, and being able to tell people was really cool. I mean, I told I told my best friend Lisa. She knew like I needed someone to like confide in besides Jordan. So she knew, and then my brother knew because he found the fertility like the needles. In my bathroom was like, why do you have needles in here? So he was like very confused. But I liked, I really liked keeping the secret. And I think third time around, I didn't need as much like emotional support as, as in the past.
1: Yeah. Uh, and and we like, didn't
0: know how long it was going to take.
1: Yeah. I also just think like piggybacking off of that, like we never had the experience of like announcing to like family and, yeah. and close friends, like surprise, like everyone always knew it. So they're kind of like going through it. And then by the third time, like, yeah. you know, you and I like kind of knew what we were in for. So I think like the support of others, even though it's great, I don't think it's like as needed because we kind of like n- kind of knew the playbook at that point. For sure. At what point in trying to start a family should you seek out a fertility doctor?
0: I believe they say it depends on your age, but the average is to tr- like, try naturally for a year and then see a doctor. I didn't have a regular period. Um, I I didn't have a menstrual cycle. So after I think it was like, no, it was a year that we really tried. And then we started seeing a doctor. Um, I gave myself a year to go to acupuncture, take herbs, like try like laying upside down, like whatever people told me to do, I did. Um, and then we found a doctor. So, but I would say like go with your gut. Like if your gut is telling you something, like I knew that something wasn't right. So I wanted to go see a doctor, so go with your gut. If something is telling you, if something it doesn't feel right, just go with your gut and go see a doctor. There's no harm.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were also very young when we started, so granted, we're in a rush, but not, um, you know, time was time was definitely on our side. Okay, so we go, you get your implantation, and then you have to wait two weeks. So when did you take? your first pregnancy test
0: wildly soon this time around i took a 10 days post ovulation less than that i think it was 10 days post ovulation i took on a sunday and we did an iui on a thursday so it was oh, 10 days post
1: ovulation oh, well yeah.
0: our iui was on a thursday and then i took the test that following sunday so it was 10 days
1: wow
0: so we were sitting at eating dinner. It was like later in the day, too. I didn't even do like fresh pee, like they tell you. Um, my boobs hurt so bad. And I was taking the progesterone suppositories, which I've taken every pregnancy and even like during the failed cycles, like to help boost estrogen. But i never my boobs ever felt like that before. And I could just I was like, something just feels different. So I went into the bathroom and took a test and it was faintly positive like it was with Brody. And I came out and I showed you, and then I we, like looked under the window to like really see it.
1: Yeah, it was a super faint line,
0: so faint. And then, but like there was a line.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely a line.
0: Yeah, and it was wild. And then I tried calling. I told I called Lisa to tell her. I called Doctor Foreman, and we had to wait a few more days. Then we went to the doctor to do like our HE, my H E G level to see how pregnant I was, and I was indeed. Indeed, very, very, very pregnant. My HEG level was, I think, like 400 levels higher than like an average pregnant woman's is at that point in time. So that's kind of when my head started to be like, Jordan, I think we're having twins. And I was so hungry. And Jordan actually has a video of me on his phone, like eating granola and just saying, you know, I just feel like we're having twins. I'm so hungry. I've never been this hungry in a pregnancy before. We go to the doctor. I think it was two weeks later, around six weeks. And we do the ultrasound. Jordan's waiting in the car downstairs because, like, we go into the city. So we were, like, schlepping back and forth, like, every other day into the city, which I, we didn't even touch upon that, but, but it's irrelevant. Um, <laughs> and he's on FaceTime. And they're like, there's two sacks. And I took off my mask because I was heaving and the, literally the first thing I said was Jordan you need a new job and we're getting a school bus like what do you mean I'm having twins like what do you mean we're gonna have four kids how am I gonna carry these babies this is crazy I was in like emotional shock I was shaking I remember walking out of that doctor's office full-on shaking and I don't really shake that easily like, I was I was shook I cannot believe it we got in the car you had a pee and you left me in the car by myself for like a minute to go pee, which isn't a bad thing. But like I called Lisa because I was freaking out so badly that I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? And then after that initial day, though, I got so excited. And
1: yeah, you definitely had like a uh, shock to start. and then Yeah. Sort of like normalized and was actually like really excited about it.
0: I was so excited. And we went back for monitoring, you know, like every week or two. But during the whole like monitoring time, Dr. Foreman was really transparent and he did a really good job like preparing preparing us for this and just said like, you know, twin A looks where it should be. Twin B is definitely progressing a bit slower and that's more common for twins as they're more mature, like later in the pregnancy to be so different in sizing and growth and, and milestones. But he did say it just looked like there were some abnormalities and something didn't look right. But yeah, like, twi-
1: twin B was measuring at week. least a week behind, and at six to eight weeks, that was very like far behind. But
0: like at first, it didn't have like the white yoke around it. Then the next time, and then like we went for the next visit, and it did. Then twin A had a heartbeat, but twin B didn't. Then we go the next visit, and twin B would have a heartbeat. So I just they kept like proving everyone wrong. So I felt really hopeful. Um, I was really really hopeful that twin B was going to continue to grow. But then around 10 and a half weeks, it was the day before my birthday. I was really just feeling like sick and not just pregnancy sick. Almost like I was like faint as a ghost. Couldn't get off the couch. My dad FaceTimed me to see the kids. And when I answered, his first response was, what the hell happened to you? Like, I just visibly looked so off um, and just, like, didn't feel good. And it was, yeah, the day before my birthday, my parents were like, okay, like, I guess let us know how you're feeling tomorrow because we're not going to, like, come up if you feel this, bless you, if you feel, you know, not so good, like, we want you to rest, et cetera. And the next morning I woke up and, like, I felt better. And since that day, I just kept telling myself, like, I don't think Twin B made it, like made it. Like I think something happened to them. And then it was like this weird intuitive feeling. And then we went to Colorado for a couple of days, came home. And when we came home, my dad was like, how are you feeling? You seem to be feeling a lot better. Because I was like feeling so pregnant in general. It's just like that one day of like really just feeling violently like ill. And I just said to my dad, like I go to the doctor tomorrow. I just think everyone needs to be prepared that Twin is not there because I just have this feeling So we went to the doctor. It was my first visit at my gynecologist outside of the fertility doctor. And she did start to do like the sonogram. And I looked at the screen. And next to like a, you know, perfectly formed baby was the black sac. And it looked like a a cloud almost, right? Like looked like a squiggly cloud like in the sky. Yeah,
1: the twin A looked like a fetus at that point. And then the twin b just more so looked like yeah It was sort yeah. of like a indescribable cloud looking shape
0: and i was 11 weeks around that time and my doctor just said okay let's start on this side and like looked at twin a and then she like went in more to twin b and i when they told me i didn't even cry in the doctor's office cause i think because i was just so again shocked and then
1: yeah, I had more it. I had more emotions than you in the doctor's office.
0: I think because like as the person carrying the babies, like there's just so much going on between you like physically and mentally that like
1: Totally get it. I was
0: shell shocked. And then we spoke about it in there. Then I called my mom. And then I think it was when we called your mom. And then I just I just lost it. Like that's when like my emotion just came out. So I mean, how did I handle losing a twin? I think I handled it as, am really am handling it as best as I as I can. Do I wish I was still carrying twins 100%? I think it would've been the most special, coolest thing. Do I think it would've been a shit show? Yeah, but I think we would've you made mean, it through. You
1: know, our, our lives would've been a
0: shit Yeah, of show. course our lives would've been a shit show. Do I think carrying, physi- me physically carrying twins would've been a lot of my body? Yes, but I would've done it happily and with pride. So it's just one of those things like I couldn't control. I'm very sad for for the the loss of that baby. But, you know, van- it's considered a vanishing twin. So, I didn't have to do any like procedures or anything. They just quote like vanish and it's wild to think about. It took about like 6 to 8 weeks for the baby to no longer really show. I think because now like twin A, like the, the the baby is just like taking over all of the room. But what's crazier is like my mom had a vanishing twin with Seth. They're just, when I started telling people about it, like they're so common.
1: Yeah, I just, I feel like that's always the case. It's like once you start talking about something, then everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah that happened to so-and-so. And, but I mean, like, I don't know if this is actually true, but it basically is. The equivalent of a miscarriage for for a single baby, right? Yeah, they
0: said I could bleed. And, and I mean, I think that's why I felt sick that for that day, the day that I think it happened. But what's wild, though, about us is that we knew at like s- around six weeks when most women don't even go to the doctor until after like 10 or between like 10 and 12 weeks. So we just like I had like attachment to those twins for eight weeks, basically, because like I knew, like I said, like I, I was... Very positive we were pregnant with twins before I even knew. So I just had such an attachment to the idea that it definitely uh, was hard for me. It's hard for me to to process.
1: The doctors definitely did a good job, like a great bedside manner in terms of preparing us for for what was to come because we knew so early. So, yeah, obviously it's a blow no matter what, but it was definitely nice to kind of be informed ahead of time on, you know, what was expected.
0: Yeah, well, if anyone learn something from this episode and we're not even like a quarter of the way in, go to Dr. Foreman because he's the shit.
1: So focusing more on this pregnancy, let's talk about your food cravings because you've had none in your first pregnancies.
0: Yeah. My first food craving in this pregnancy was rotisserie chicken. I went to Whole Foods and bought their like organic rotisserie chicken and sat at the counter, dissected it and like to organize like white meat, dark meat, da, 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 da. And...
1: It's handfuls of chicken. I was just
0: loving it, and it was that and with chick, but ch- as a chicken Caesar salad. Like I, all I wanted was chicken Caesar salad with crunchy, crunchy lettuce. Then around my birthday, around like ten weeks, I remember we like barbecue. We had barbecue food around like Memorial Day weekend or something. And your mom had left leftover grilled chicken here, and I remember right after that having the leftover grilled chicken in a salad, and that is just when my hatred for chick, grilled chicken came in really hot and i couldn't even look at chicken i'm like the chicken's disgusting i never want to eat this again i just i'm 19 weeks today actually and like i'm just oh congrats
1: okay. I, our just, other two babies were friday i know like, it's not that switch, different That it's fine and i always forget i'm sorry
0: it's okay um i just started being able to eat chicken again it was because i got it like grilled like um or roasted whatever chicken in a salad the other day so I'm finally able to eat that a little bit more. Definitely never eating grilled chicken for the foreseeable future because the thought of that just makes me want to vomit. I about
1: like a spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's?
0: You really? I, I'm gonna get to Wendy's. I'm or Chick Fil A. Then my other, I don't want to say it was like a craving, but just food. I was re, I, I am still eating a lot of. Do you know what I'm gonna say?
1: Surprise me. <laughs> Granola. Oh my goodness. <laughs> No way. So
0: much granola. All I want is granola. Um, Specifically the honey peanut butter from Purely Elizabeth. It is my favorite flavor, but I will act glad. It's like that is one of the only brands that I will eat any single flavor or anything that she makes. That's been a huge craving of mine. And then... The other craving, um, they kind of go hand in hand, which is a Wendy's and like no, not one other fast food chain, but a Wendy's bacon cheeseburger with fries and a fountain Diet Coke. Have I eaten Wendy's bacon cheeseburger with fries? No. I've probably had over I've had probably like a dozen, I would say, Diet Cokes, fountain only Diet Cokes, fountain or with ice bo- glass bottles. Oh, the one oh, that one glass bottle it. you got me. Um, I know that's really not the best, you know, beverage option. Um, but there's some days that just like Olipop isn't curing my soda need and I'm pregnant and don't mess with me when I want a Diet Coke.
1: So you have like, quote unquote, like an unhealthy pregnancy craving. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, how often would you go for it?
0: I've had a lot of Diet Coke. So I don't know. I mean, it depends what it is. Like something like that. Like also, I'm sure sure we're going to get to the fact that I have gestational diabetes. So that's like very diabetic friendly. So like, I don't care. I haven't given in to my ba- Wendy's bacon cheeseburger. I just actually think I would feel sick after.
1: I'm here for the support whenever needed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could do it, but I do go into Wendy's to get the fountain Diet Coke just to smell Wendy's. And other than that, like no other like crazy cravings, just like Diet Coke has been my like number one craving.
1: No ice cream sundaes?
0: Oh, I wanted mint chocolate chip ice cream. So I got those like Yazo oh, yeah, mint chocolate chip was, ice cream pops.
1: That was a quick one.
0: No, I would glad I wanted to buy them the other day, but like I, they make me so gassy that, like, oh, we know, yeah, yeah, but they're so delicious. But I also I need to track them with my blood sugar because they have a lot of sugar in them.
1: You mentioned Olipop, so you can drink Olipop when you're pregnant.
0: I mean, I'm not a doctor, but as you'll like learn and may have learned, there's nothing that I really don't do while pregnant besides smoke weed and have CBD stuff. I eat sushi, I eat lox on a bagel. I drink Olipop, I take Hilma, like do what works for you. You have to just like talk to your doctor or your healthcare professional and do what works for you and, and your body and the baby. Um, this is my third pregnancy. I'm so I'm pretty comfortable. And a lot I also have a podcast episode with a registered dietitian all about prenatal nutrition, and she debunks a lot of those. I don't want to say like myths, but just like superstitions and things when it comes to eating. And she once said that like you can get you have a higher chance of getting sick from a mango, like a fresh mango from the grocery store, than you do from eating sushi. So I think it's a really beneficial podcast episode to listen to because then it's coming from a healthcare professional. Like I'm not, I'm not a professional, but no, there's really nothing I restrict unless it just doesn't sound good to me.
1: Gotcha. So that's why we have all those cold cuts in the fridge. And then let's get into ge- gestational gestational di- diabetes. How do you say it?
0: Gestational.
1: Gestational.
0: Gestational. I thought so. I don't know. Oh, some Gesta- of thought, some, one of us are wrong.
1: Gestational diabetes.
0: So, yes, I have gestational diabetes in this pregnancy.
1: Well. No, they're just testing you sooner. You haven't actually, like, they haven't confirmed that you have it yet, right?
0: I'm going to assume that I have it based off of tracking my blood sugar for the last three days.
1: True, but I don't think, like, they wouldn't.
0: So let me give a little backstory. Okay. So with Ezra, I did the sugar water test. The first one, like, the one hour or whatever. Failed. So they were like, (laughs) well, the real kicker, though, is that my doctor goes, oh, don't worry about this. Like, you don't have diabetes. Like, just take the test, da, 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 So I take the test. She calls me. Oh, my God, Rachel, you do have diabetes. Great. So I went in for like the three hour whatever fasting test. When you take, you drink the sugary drink like every hour and then do your check, like do blood work. And when I did that test with Ezra, I got so sick in the doctor's office to the point where like I had to stop driving the car and go to like the the Short Hills Mall on the way back from Hoboken because I wasn't comfortable fully driving because I felt so nauseous on the test.
1: That was probably the most sugar you consumed in one sitting, probably since like middle school. But
0: also my body's reaction to it. And so, and I failed two of the three tests. So I was borderline diabetic. Then I fast forward. So I had to monitor what I was eating, but not too strictly. I just had to be like, you know, cautious. Then fast forward to Brody's pregnancy they wanted me to take the sugar water test again. I said, absolutely not. I got so sick. Give me a glucose monitor. I'll track my blood sugar again. Like I did with Ezra for his pregnancy and see what happens. Track your blood sugar, but like eat shitty food. So I ate like a lot of dried fruit, like organic sour candies, pizza, like sprouted bagels, like all these things. And my blood sugar was so high with Brody. I went and showed her and she was like, yes, like this is considered diabetic. You need to really watch what you're eating. So what's interesting, though, for me is when I have gestational diabetes, it's not like the sugar sugar that impacts me. Like my desserts are fine. Like the unreal peanuts and M&M things last night doesn't spike my blood sugar. I can eat a perfect bar. Doesn't spike my blood sugar. The second I eat Japanese sweet potato fries or pizza or like anything that is a slice my blood sugar. So it's really
1: the, it's really the carbohydrates. It's carbs
0: for me. And like bagels, things like that. So I just have a better idea. So now, fun fact, I guess when you're pregnant with your third kid and you have a track record of gestational diabetes, you don't take the test around 27, 28 weeks, you start testing around 19 weeks. So I've been pricking my finger and tracking my blood sugar. I'm actually looking to bring someone on the podcast to talk more about glucose and blood sugar levels. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully it comes through. I'm manifesting my, my guest that I want to come on. And I'm just, you know, monitoring it and seeing, seeing what's going on. So I'm on, I'm on day like three or four. So we'll see what happens. Like the other day, it was really high after having a Honeycrisp apple. So We'll see. It's like I always say though, like even though it sucks, like I don't like to have to go to be even more like regimented around food. Like I don't. It's not something that I think anyone looks forward to. It is, in my opinion, at least for me and my experience. Like if this is the worst of my pregnancy problems, like bring it on. Like if I have just watched what I'm eating, like there's so many other things that could go wrong. Is my point. Like I, you know, like I don't. I'm not gonna put them out on bed rest. Like I just have to watch what I'm eating, so I can know. I know I can do it.
1: I see someone asked about um, nausea, which we didn't talk about before this, but any nausea in this pregnancy?
0: Yeah, this was the first pregnancy I really had nausea. Um, And
1: anything that uh, helps you uh, cope with it?
0: Crackers, granola, cereal, sparkling like waters and beverages, laying down. I had a lot more like fatigue and nausea together so that was really hard um, so like when we were doing
1: work how, I was going to say how was it working with that
0: well yeah you know there was a few days that Jordan I would like literally be laying on the couch horizontal like delegating exactly what to do and then he would like prep the stuff I'd get up for five minutes pour ingredients into a bowl and then lay back down it definitely wasn't that easy but I also find that the days that I was busier and really tried to like push through it worked out the best um like I didn't because I didn't have time to like think about being nauseous and fatigued like there were certain days it really brought me down and there was no chance but the other days that like I was feeling okay during a window I would just like keep going and I think that that really helped but like I didn't I think I was really proud of myself like this was the first pregnancy that I really didn't push myself I laid down when I wanted to lay down and I really listened to my body in that.
1: So since that sort of ended, how has your like mood and energy been in this pregnancy?
0: My mood is horrible in this pregnancy. My mood is horrible. I definitely Jordan's laughing like it's funny.
1: I played the fifth on this. One.
0: It's it just sucks. Like I definitely um, am struggling a bit. I would say with prenatal depression. I think it comes a lot from mis like miscarrying one of the twins. I think that definitely has impacted my mental health and feeling like really out of control in my body in a lot of ways, Um, growing a lot faster than I have the other pregnancies. I just, yeah, definitely my mood and energy are a lot lower. Brody and Ezra, I was a unicorn of a pregnant woman. You wouldn't have even known I was pregnant besides a bum. I didn't really feel that different. And like at those times I thought I did, but compared to how I have felt in the last 19 weeks, like that was nothing compared to this as pregnancy has been a lot for me um, emotionally and physically for sure. And I also like haven't even been able to button jeans since I was five weeks pregnant, which is fine. But like I was pregnant with twins, like it really was like double the amount of hit at first. And I think that was yeah. just a lot. I was so tired. Really, really, really just lethargic a lot.
1: Any other like major differences from the other two pregnancies?
0: Well, the cravings you spoke about, same aversion of the smell of coffee that really bothers me. Um,
1: Doesn't stop me.
0: Yeah, I know. You're really inconsiderate with your coffee. Well, you haven't really complained um,
1: about it. And I, I usually make it before you come down in the morning. Well, now so. we
0: also live in a house. Like you make it in the pantry. So I just know not to go into the pantry. Yeah, not everything I've listed like the fatigue, the moodiness, the cravings, my hunger but I was carrying two babies at first. Like it was just a lot more of an intense pregnancy than I'm
1: used to. Yeah, no, I was just asking if there's anything else besides the ones we've already hit on.
0: Do you think anything you can think of?
1: No, I think you hit most of them, but I don't know, maybe sometimes you just maybe just no. like-
0: Pimples, same, yeah, same Same shit.
1: And then uh, how do you care for yourself like during, pre- like during pregnancy now, considering you have two children? Like it's a lot different, obviously a lot different than when you were carrying Ezra. And then, you know, everyone knows when, when you have one, it's obviously harder. Now you got two.
0: Uh, I heavily depend on our nanny and you like to take care. Yeah. like no, I'm, I'm one million percent. Like now I remember you went to a bachelor party one weekend when I was like six weeks pregnant. And I was like the thick of when I was not feeling good. And I was like, you know, that was when I had to really rally and do every you know do what I needed to do and I did it and I was fine but like it definitely was a lot for me to handle so till all the moms who were like pregnant with their second or third and fourth and fifth and whatever and you're home by yourself with your kids I applaud you so much because my Ezra like Brody doesn't watch TV but like he just won't sit down I would love for him to watch TV sometimes Ezra would literally just be watching YouTube all day so I think I just really tried to take advantage of the downtime or like I was taking a lot of Zoom calls. We also kicked off our venture capital fund when, we, when I got pregnant. So the timing of that was crazy. But just like listening to my body, like when I needed to lay down, I lay down when I would go off of video on a Zoom call. Jordan would help me with recipes and I just tried to do the best that I could do, but also listen to my body, like just lay down, rest, eat, drink.
1: Has anything in this pregnancy given you anxiety?
0: Yes. Losing a baby and not being able to get answers. Like we didn't get to do the NIPT test, the test for like chromosomal abnormalities. Usually do that at 10 weeks. We just did that on Monday. I'm 19 weeks. So, you know, I don't like having uncertainty and I don't have the answers that I had at 10 weeks with both of our other pregnancies. That makes me really anxious. And I'm not an anxious pregnant woman at all. I'm usually like, like a very happy go lucky fine like I think that, that has really impacted my mental health, like not being able to have the answers and just knowing things are okay. I think once I have those results back, I'll I, I do think that like I'm going to feel a lot better.
1: Yeah, you're not really one to like need so much information where it's like information overload, but it's definitely been to the point where there's so many unanswered things that have been Yeah. Difficult to kind of move forward. Especially when you have two other pregnancies that you're like, not not comparing it to, but like you've had answers at different times for sure. Yeah. Are you going to find out the sex of the child? Yes. Are we, you going to tell anyone? We
0: know the sex as we're recording this. Um, we're not telling anyone. And this is a decision we made about, Surprise. A, about <laughs> three or four weeks ago before we knew we made this decision that we weren't going to tell people because i am not emotionally stable enough to handle people's responses i already like can't handle when people make comments about you know what was the hypothetical sex that we didn't know about um so we're not going to be sharing we're going to announce when the baby is here me my mom and my dad know and my brother and my best friend lisa and that's it Jordan's parents don't know because his mom said she can't keep a secret. So she hasn't (laughs) been, (laughs) she's not allowed to know. Um, If she changes her mind, of course, I'll tell her I'm not like an evil villain. But um, until she says she can keep a secret, the secret is no, not being shared. And yeah, I think it's kind of like at this point, it's like I'm basically halfway there. What is the point? Like it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you have any names picked out?
0: Yes, I have a boy name and a girl name, and I've had them picked out since before we knew the sex. Jordan, do you have a name picked out?
1: Uh, We have a name picked out. We knew it before.
0: We we don't have anything picked out. (laughs) Rachel has named, I have named all of our children,
1: and Jordan just goes, sounds good. You do a great job. I'm just here to veto it or, 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 you know, either say yay or nay. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Uh, you, it's I'm a, a beautiful it, name picker. If anyone a wants to name your it's child. It's a skill set you have, Rachel. Let me know. I don't want to take that away from you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, lo- I love both of the baby names. I think they're perfect.
1: And what are you most looking forward to with baby number three?
0: That it'll be the last time I'm breastfeeding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I'm excited to like round out. Well, not like literally round because it's an odd number. But just like we always said we wanted three kids. I'm excited to actually have three kids. And our babies are, you know, they're fortunately very close in age. Ezra and Brody are 25 months apart. And Brody and this baby will be 22 months apart. So I think it's a really special age difference. I really enjoy it with Ezra and Brody. They're tight as thieves. And, you know, I hope.
1: What? What? (laughs) I never would expect you to say tight as thieves. Thickest thieves, whatever this thing is. Or uh, yeah whatever it is they're so funny.
0: they're really close and even my mom when she was babysitting them on sunday with my dad she's like rachel it's just so beautiful to see the their bond because like my brother and i are very close now but he's three and a half years younger than me so when i was three and he was like not one we were not very close so i think it's just like my parents have never seen that before um so i think that's special
1: yeah it seemed like really cool to see brody as a big brother and then very curious to see how Ezra reacts. So am I going to eat
0: him? I mean, Ezra's walking around, camp telling everybody he's going to be a big, big brother. So kid's hyped. He does still think we're having twins, though. He asks me every day, like, how, oh, there's two? Two in there, right? And like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have told you we were having twins, but, you know.
1: Yeah. I think he, I think he, like, knows that because he always keeps saying it, but I don't think he actually comprehends. What, I know. What any
0: of this I know. But it means. just breaks so, my heart when he says it.
1: He'll be okay. And then we'll kind of just go into more general questions that people had about like pregnancy and and having kids. How has your approach to motherhood and pregnancy changed since having, uh, you know, Ezra and Brody?
0: You know, I think I'm a very relaxed mom. And a lot like, would you agree? Like, I think I'm a very. Like, you're oh, 10 times more neurotic than I am.
1: I mean, I'm more neurotic in certain ways, and you're more neurotic in other ways. The only so. thing I'm
0: neurotic about is their food.
1: Yeah, I know, but so that's, that's, like, a the huge only part of, like, a kid's life, so it's just, like... I know, but day. I don't even
0: have a monitor on um, app on my phone. Like, I'm very laissez-faire. Yes,
1: but you also know that I'm there to take care of those He's things. He's, like,
0: no. He's, like jordan yeah when he golfed yesterday he's like asking questions with the kids i'm like literally have no idea what they did all day like i hear them cry i uh, during the day i i just i tune everything out i'm definitely i've gotten even more laid back i was pretty laid back with ezra um i also think this is gonna sound so messed up maybe in some ways but i think since having ezra it's made me like appreciate and look at motherhood in a different way because like Ezra was a really, 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 really tough baby. and was tough until he turned three this past January. Mazel tov to us. When I had Brody and I learned that like babies could be sweet and kind and loving and like not just scream all day, it really like shifted my perspective on motherhood because it made me feel like, oh, wow, babies are, can actually be happy. So I don't think it's like changed. I think it's just evolved and grown and shown me that like there's so many different like each kid's so different. So like you have to be open-minded.
1: Was it insane going from zero to one, one to two? And what's your expectation of going from two to three?
0: Zero to one was a hundred times harder for me than one to two. Like I was just saying, Ezra was so deeply challenging. Just he cried all day, every day. I used to go into a closet and cry myself. Like he was so miserable. Like you would nurse him in the middle of the night And then he would scream and cry for the next three hours. And like, you wouldn't even get to go back to sleep. And then you would have to just nurse him again. Like he was just exhausting. So to go from one to two, to me was like easier because I was just adding another one into the assembly line of what was already like, like a circus. Like Ezra was more work and more energy than having four kids combined. Like that kid requires so much. Like I literally just had to pause this to go and tell him to stop screaming like a crazy person. Like he just requires so much more attention and focus than brody does that like it was easier to go from one to two and it also made me like again shift my perspective on motherhood because it made me just like say to myself oh wow what i had with ezra like isn't exactly what i would have with every other kid like i could really enjoy the newborn phase and the baby phase more than i did with ezra
1: yeah i also always thought zero to one was a hard transition one because i mean our ezra was difficult to start But also like you still have to care for a human being and that changes your perspective or your ability to do as you know, what you want, when you want. So going from one to two, it's just like you're already, you're already in that changing diaper mode. So it's not too crazy. So I have a feeling going from two to three, it'd probably be even easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, zero to one is just hard because you lose any semblance of like yourself. yourself, like you don't matter. Like, no one will ask about you. You won't watch yeah. Netflix. Doesn't matter. You won't sleep.
1: <laughs> People come over to see your kids, yeah, not you. Yeah,
0: you are a, like, you know, second-class citizen. Like, no one's going to pay attention to you.
1: It also seems like you have, like, a ton of questions from uh, listeners who are trying to figure out, like, if they should go for a second or go for a third. Yeah. What kind of advice do you have for for, for those um debates? Did you struggle to decide to have a third kid?
0: No. We knew from like the moment we started talking about having kids that we would want three to, we always said three to four. Um, We both grew up, we're one of two. And my mom regrets not having a third, but my brother, she said, just put her over the top that she couldn't. And then Jordan's mom has mentioned that she wishes that she had a third. So we always knew we wanted it. And I also, I wish that I had more siblings. Like I think it's something really special. So it definitely wasn't something that we even like had a debate on. Like we just knew that we were gonna go for the third. And then when we did fertility treatment for like the other two pregnancies, when we knew we were going to have to do it for the third time, it's just, you never know how long it's going to take. And we, we got so lucky. We're so fortunate that it did not take long at all. It took one month for, for, for Brody and Ezra, which is unheard of and really just crazy. Um, but we didn't know if we were going to get lucky. So that's why we started when we did. We started trying when, when Dr. Foreman, Brody was 13 months.
1: And how do you persuade your significant other to have another child? You don't. If they're on the fence.
0: You don't. Like that's something that you need to mutually agree upon. I think that's like, you can't, if like your partner is scared or like you have to talk about it, like talk about why they, why they're hesitant. You don't just like persuade them to, you have to make them like want to, but also understand like where and why they're feeling scared because you don't want to get pregnant and then not have someone to help you care for the baby and I think it's something that's like, um, like that's a mutual thing that happens in, in your lives. You want to make sure that both parties are are OK and supportive of it.
1: Yeah, I think you and I went in knowing we wanted like a set number and we both agreed on that number. So we kind of had that and didn't really have to have like too difficult of a, of a decision. But to that point, like you should be clear on like what your number is, I would say, mm-hmm. with each other. Um, and I think like, I think this person's question was more so like they had a rough time with their first. So her husband seems a little bit, you know, reserved to to go for another, but I, I always think each stage of life is like temporary. So if you don't like the newborn phase, like it does go by really fast.
0: It does. And I don't think I've never heard of, and I don't think that you have more than one as I hear Ezra screaming, bloody murder outside of our house. You don't have more than one that's like really, 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 really tough. Like Ezra's a lot. Brody is an angel 99% of the time he has his moments. Like he hates the car, but like that's it. So I think just – but that's what I'm saying. It's like not just persuading your husband or partner, whoever, to have a second baby. It's talking to them and understanding like why they're hesitant – so you can like help talk them through it. It's not just like a persuasion; it's just like understanding where they're talking about.
1: How do you feel about um, having your third and still managing your business?
0: I'll let you know or
1: running your business.
0: I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot. I've never taken a maternity leave, so I've never had support. So I'm hoping that now that you're here, I will be able to take more of a maternity leave because I think, like, as someone who's been pregnant or breastfeeding for what will be four and a half years by the time this baby is born. Like I deserve to have a maternity leave. I've never had one. I remember answering emails for work like two days after Ezra was born. Well, and cause he came so early. I think it's going to be a lot, but we have an amazing support system. And, you know, if our nanny is like an angel from heaven, like she is my everything. And I wouldn't be able to do that without her. So I think it'll be a lot, but I I know we'll be able to do it because I'm not like sinking in a ship by myself. Like it's, I have you for my business. You're an amazing dad and we have, we have help.
1: How do you tell your kids um, or explain to them that like you're pregnant and what you're going through?
0: So Brody has no idea. He is, he's too young. He's not gonna understand. Like Ezra started to understand when he was two um and when i was pregnant like, with brody
1: and you were like fully pregnant at that time
0: yeah like ezra knows that there's a baby in my belly now because he's familiar with it especially from like when he was with when i was with brody but i think just like explaining to them that they're gonna be a big brother or a big sister and telling them that a baby's coming brody was playing with a baby doll and like one of his ner- like um classes during the week and you can't really expect much i think just exposing to them exposing them and like if you have friends that have little babies like show like maybe if the, you know they're cool with you bringing your kid around them like have them hang out and just expose them
1: yeah i think just like consistent exposure for yeah. I mean, anything with kids i think it's always just consistent exposure um and then how do you do bedtime with multiple kids
0: so as of today we're starting a new routine Right now, Ezra Uh, and Brody. Let me
1: get my notepad out.
0: (laughs) Ezra and Brody. uh, Brody goes to sleep anywhere from like 7 to 7.15. Ezra goes to sleep from anywhere from like 7.30 to 7.45, which Ezra used to go to bed at 8, 8.30. And then Jordan and I literally had to talk to a therapist for me to get him to change his mind, to get Ezra to go to sleep earlier. And it changed our lives. Um, We both kind of divide and conquer bedtime in a sense where like one of us will put Brody down and. The other one won't. But with Ezra, he's such a beast that you like he requires so much effort that we've both really been participating in his bedtime routine. But every time it's like Jordan wasn't here last night and Ezra listened to me, no problem. Brushed his teeth, got some toys and like went to bed, like literally held my hand and closed his eyes and went to sleep. And like with Jordan, he's like, tell me a story like eight different times. So I think what we're going to start doing is dividing and conquering Bedtime in general. So say on Monday, I do Brody and Ezra for bed. Tuesday, Jordan will do it. And then we'll alternate each night. So that way we also, like, it's not as exhausting for us. Because bedtime regime can be, like, a lot for parents, especially when you have a, th- a child who's over the age of three and just, like, has an opinion about every single thing. Brody's easy. You change his diaper, put it on, give him his pacifier, and he literally passes out still in a pack and play. So, and when the baby's here, the baby will have their own room. And Brody and Ezra will share a room, and at that point in time, Ezra will be done napping, so it kind of works out nicely, and they'll go to sleep at the same time, seven thirty. And every night now, Brody's been crying every single night when he goes to sleep, and I actually think it's he's pissed that he's not going to sleep with Ezra because as I'm cl- closing the door last, he's like, "Hera, Hera," and like gets so upset that Ezra's not with him.
1: Well, they did sleep together and when we were on vacation, yeah, which was fine at night, not good in the morning. Mm -hmm. In your opinion, I know you're never ready, but how and when should one start trying?
0: When you want a baby. When you think you're financially secure, you have a safe space to bring the baby into. Um, And when your heart is in it, I don't think, yeah, you're never actually like ready because you don't know really what you're getting yourself into unless you are like, you know, an aunt or an uncle to a child or children in your life. But I think once you have a stable lifestyle, you're ready and a partner or a support system to help. Like even if it's not someone you're married to or in a relationship, but like you're going to need someone to help. Um, You can't do it all. Like it takes an army. I mean, I'm waiting to see like, you know, the full army that's coming. I'm just kidding. I'm very well supported with you and, you and our nanny, but <laughs> I think you need someone to help you, um, especially in the beginning.
1: And then the rest of these questions are more so just like, things for baby okay. like that you need so what are some new mom must-haves
0: mm, a good breast pump if ice you're gonna packs if you're gonna oh like yeah so i guess it's for like the, the mom level. recovery i'm gonna i'm gonna answer this as like mom recovery because i have a, a blog post on like my must-haves for newborns so when it comes to like new mom must has yeah ice packs to wear in your diaper your diaper when you're recovering um a really good breast pump and like pump supplies if you want to try breastfeeding. And if you do, pajamas that have like buttons so that it's easy access, uh, a pumping bra, a comfortable robe and slippers, a gift card to a hair salon so that you can get your hair done and not wash it yourself, I think is the best thing that you could ever ask for because you're not going to have time to wash your hair. So you might as well just go sit somewhere for 35, 40 minutes to do it.
1: Any favorite maternity clothes?
0: Uh, I really don't believe in much maternity clothes though because I think that they they can be overpriced and I have found that it's easier to just size up in some things. I did order the bump suits, which I heard are really comfortable um, and that's technically maternity clothes. Like leggings, I just size up in the brands. T-shirts, I just size up. If you need to wear, like, tights... Like, I remember wearing tights on, like, Thanksgiving or Hanukkah and stuff. And, like, maternity things for that really help. But I just, like, size up for everything. And I I wear a lot of flowy dresses and biker shorts right now.
1: Yeah, Um, you just don't really wear jeans, so it's like the
0: No, and I've tried maternity jeans, and they just... (laughs) I don't know like why am I even trying the ones that like stretch over my stomach I felt like suffocated I couldn't breathe then the ones that were like under my stomach just made me feel like I was like a spice girl with a baby in my stomach like it just I didn't look good
1: when did you start buying stuff for your first pregnancy like der- nursery and all that kid stuff
0: I think I was around like 18 to 20 weeks I remember we were in Ojai, and I bought little slippers, like moccasins, for Ezra. My mom was freaking out. I was like, "Mom, I'm basically twenty weeks pregnant. Like, leave me alone."
1: Yeah, and I think soon thereafter we started getting all the stuff for the nursery.
0: We need to get this nursery together for this for this baby asap. Um, they
1: just really need a crib.
0: No, I need to design the aesthetic of the nursery.
1: <laughs> I know. I'm you know, making a joke. Your favorite prenatal.
0: I use the Ritual prenatal. I used it with Brody as well. I like it because it doesn't have like a weird aftertaste. And if you like, like this is gross, but like if you like burp it up, it literally tastes like lemon. So it's not as nauseating. I think it's a really, they did a really good job with their prenatal. And my code, Rachel20, works to get you 20% off of all Rituals. So like there are multivitamins, protein powders, prenatals, anything. I recommend using them. I really like their stuff.
1: And your go-to stretch mark cream for pregnancy.
0: Ooh, this one I've been using, the Tula Body Butter, which I've been, it's been working really well so far. I put it all over my belly, my thighs, my butt. its I really like it.
1: Is that the one you give me in the winter when my skin's dry?
0: Mm, maybe. I don't know. It's mm. the Tula Body Butter. I like that one. I'm going to have a third kid. You got to remember what lotion you use. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think got, it's great. I
1: got you to take care of me. Yeah, no, I'm good.
0: Um, yeah, I think that one's good and I think I'm not gonna, I mean, I will drop my code again but like don't hate me, it's for HL15 because they don't sell it in stores I don't think so you might as well get a discount.
1: I mean, that's all we got for today.
0: That was a lot. That was a lot of- I was
1: gonna say, are you out of breath yet?
0: Kind of, I mean, not really but yeah, that was like basically an hour and we only had to pause for a minute because of Ezra. So, if you guys enjoyed this episode, if it was helpful share it with moms to be or moms or or someone trying to get pregnant if they want to listen to the beginning of the podcast um rate and review and share it with on social media let us know what you think and thank you so much and I mean I guess I gotta find some other friends that Jordan doesn't doesn't have to come back in two weeks too because I don't think he's gonna be too happy with me if I haven't come back for a third episode in a
1: row well, I I um, uh, volunteered for this
0: amazing thank you well I appreciate that and thanks now, for being the best. Baby daddy and uh Oh thank you. Cheers to baby number three.
1: Thank you. And thank you for letting me know that I should go work at a coffee shop every few days. You're welcome. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye.